Welcome and hear, hear. This is a teaser episode for Hear, Hear, my audiobook podcast. I'm Dan Masterton, and in this podcast, I'll be reading to you one chapter at a time from my fiction story, What There Is to Be Done. In this excerpt, you'll hear one of my favorite passages. The main character, Mrs. Teresa Acutis, is discerning whether or not to pursue becoming director of student life, and one of her dreams is to build a house system for the school. Here, she lets herself imagine exactly how it all could look. If you're interested in getting your hands on a paperback copy of the book, visit my link tree at linktr.ee slash danmasterton. That's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash danmasterton. Just follow the directions and complete the form, and I'll send your copy. You can also check out my other writing there. If you're interested in reaching out, I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter at thisladdan, or drop an email to dmastert at alumni.nd.edu. For now, enjoy this snippet. Cue the harpy sound effects and the frosted edges of the screen. Teresa was imagining the future she thought was coming within reach. It's five years later. Teresa is standing in a gym full of the whole student body. It's homecoming week in fall, the Friday afternoon before the big football game that night and the dance that Saturday. The customary pep rally used to just be class versus class cheers and games, all building up to the introduction of the fall sports teams, primarily the football guys. It was okay, mostly obligatory. Now it has been revamped. Four color-coded sections of students are waist-deep into four different sets of cheers. Their shirts and signs and streamers match their houses, but the end of the rally will unite them all behind the school and the team. There are house leaders running laps with banners, freshmen in the front of house bleacher sections spelling their houses' names one letter at a time, teachers scattered among each corner of the gym, covering the spread from the tentative female teacher with just an accent scarf for effect, all the way to the fired-up young male teacher with a painted face and a cape. It's controlled chaos, and Teresa thinks it's beautiful. Teresa had taken her first year to learn the ropes, to see the world from a different vantage point, to establish herself in the new versions of her relationships in her new role. In the background, she laid the groundwork for establishing Mary, Mother of God's first house system. She talked to the five student council class moderators who oversaw each year's council and the executive officers to feel out their interests and understanding, learning that they were open to a restructuring and taking charge of houses. She was especially excited to know that the lead teacher of the officers group had been lobbying for a leadership course elective for juniors and seniors, and that she thought a new structure could help fuel the institution of this new class. Teresa was happy to help with curriculum, co-teaching, and logistics. Teresa had floated the idea to Francis to do in-school competition in a new way and fuel student spirit and achievement, a way that minimized class versus class rivalry and instead strived to build relationships across classes and create a different identity within the school. Francis was intrigued, especially after Teresa brought it forward as her initiative and offered comparable schools, models, and experience as proof of concept. Teresa talked to a few of her old social studies colleagues and some of the club moderators about the informal yet exciting role teachers could play. Some were excited to help design new spirit wear. Others were intrigued by getting to compete alongside their students. Aaron was especially pleased to become a lunatic spirit builder for his house. Finally, Teresa ran the ideas by Father James to get some faith formation into the house system. She suggested house-specific masses, service trips, and maybe even retreat small groups to help them bond. Perhaps most importantly, Teresa needed four house names. Father James got excited. Do we name them after Marian feasts, like Immaculate Conception and Mother of God? No. After Marian apparition sites, like Fatima, Nock, Tepeyac, and Lourdes? No. After mysteries, yes. 
Annunciation, Visitation, Nativity, and Coronation. He was on board. The network of support held up as Francis gave formal approval, the business office appropriated the proper budget revisions and slight increases, and the faculty and staff slowly bought in. The pitch to the students started with elections in the spring of her first year. It was a new and unknown thing to offer, but she closed the deal by selling her students on becoming the inaugurators of a new and major school tradition. Student council elections became house leadership elections. The prospect of getting to lead a new house, whose colors and logos and traditions and cheers and dynamics were as yet unwritten, led to a record number of students applying to run. And they were actually more excited when, they, when told that they wouldn't be sorted into houses until after they were selected on an at-large basis, ultimately with a senior head of house and junior assistant head of house being matched to each new subcommunity and serving on a joint school-wide leadership council. The campaign was fun, open-ended excitement as ideas flew in campaign posters and speeches and videos, promises of themed days, special treats to celebrate house feasts, a mascot with costume for pep rallies, and more. Each house of about 125 students would have two at-large leaders for each class, serving with the senior head and junior assistant, and Teresa was delighted by the energy, the turnout, and the slate of leaders the boat produced. Those first leaders charted a robust course of creativity and vitality as the house system emerged. Father James' Marian mysteries carried the day, and four houses were born of the piety of the rosary, the sheer white of the Annunciation, the familial loving red of the Visitation, the royal blue in the birth of the king at the Nativity, and the shining yellow and gold for Mary's coronation as Queen of Heaven. The Executive Council and their moderator commissioned special icons through an open contest, jointly run by Campus Ministry, the Theology Department, and the Art Department. The houses each got student-designed logos from the Advanced Graphic Design class. The Athletic Director was super pumped to stoke the rivalry and pride, so he connected Teresa to the Athletics Uniform Company and built out an epic store of spirit wear and fan gear for students to snag. She even set up pop-up sales where portions of the proceeds would benefit houses' selected charities for that year. Students learned the feast days for their namesakes, perhaps easiest for the Nativity House kids, though they'd never be in school for theirs, and planned exciting days of dress-down, potluck desserts, and service projects to honor Mary on their day. Meanwhile, Teresa worked with Francis, as well as their Dean of Students and Counseling Department, to build out a spreadsheet of some key metrics for student performance. They created a formula that could run live GPA averages for each house and track academic achievement at each mid-quarter progress report and quarters or semesters ends. They extracted a way to track discipline referrals and levels of infractions that could numerically represent the behavior of each house and incentivize good citizenship. They funneled attendance records into a tracker that could reward the houses who came to school most consistently. And they looked for more subjective and informal ways to honor students' everyday good living ultimately giving teachers an online portal where they could acknowledge an extraordinary action by a student and award special points, either unspoken or with a notification to the students. Teresa opted to trust that teachers wouldn't just stack the deck for their own house, though she would be kind of delighted if they did. All of this added up to some of the many ways that students could score house points, a commodity that started as an abstraction but became a reasonably exciting fuel for many students to dig in and do well. Teresa started small with a shared spreadsheet that was viewable online and over social media. It tracked the live points whenever new data came in at mid-quarters, from pep rallies, or from weekly teacher awards. The demand to see the live scoring became great enough that Teresa was able to get the IT and maintenance departments to install a dedicated flat-screen TV for her. There she was able to create a house system live feed, pictures of recent pep rallies, service, and special days, plugs and announcements from house leaders, attaboys for students who received personalized points from teachers, and yes, of course, a running scoreboard. The infrastructure and opportunities for incorporating houses grew and grew. 
houses adopted varsity sports and took it upon themselves to send a representative cheering section to at least a few home games per season. Student leaders used house gatherings around pep rallies to plug the sports they played, the clubs they belonged to, and the school activities they loved to their housemates. Campus Ministry decided to make freshman retreat partially about houses. It now included a house sorting opening prayer service, small groups made up of freshmen and upperclassmen leaders from the same house, and finished with groups blessing brand new house shirts for the freshmen to wear for the first time at the closing mass. Extracurricular moderators were contacting Teresa to set up house incentives for attending non-athletic events, so she had to tabulate student attendance by house at events like the musical, the play, the band concerts, the dance recital, the art fair, and more. Students who may have otherwise blown these off now felt an extra pull to come see their friends and earn house points for their column. It was all taking off, and now, in its fourth year, Teresa finally got to see a school assembly in which every student had been in their house since the moment they became a student there. This was the image of five years of building and buy-in and countless hours of networking and logistics and student empowerment. Teresa stood under the scoreboard just to the side of the main basket of the basketball center court. In front of her was a wild scene of students being wild and weird just for the happy sake of it, many hoping to will a football team to a big victory, many excited for a big dance on Saturday, but most everyone just being goofy and fun. Just in front of her to her left was the bright white Annunciation House. Many of the young ladies rocked glittery gold halos that skinny wires made float just above their heads. Some of the young men wore plastic Halloween costume grade shields and belts with paper or cardboard swords to invoke the Angel Gabriel. One of the house leaders, a boisterous junior boy in a $5 angel costume, walked down to the gym floor in front of their bleacher section. He raised his sword up and his housemates turned to him and quieted down most of the way. The teenage angel turned to them and shouted, Hail, favored ones, the Lord is with you. The section erupted in screams. He then turned to face them directly, adopted a strong and sturdy shoulder-width stance, and raised his hands straight up in fists as the house section did the same. Annunciation! The group shouted back, House! As they parted their still outstretched arms into a V-shape and opened their fists into a gesture of blessing. The call and response repeated faster and faster until the two words blurred together and the students just screamed. On the same side of the gym, in the far corner, were the children of Visitation House. Decked out in their house's bright red, their look was akin to that of a tacky Valentine's Day party. They weren't always as boisterous as the other houses, but their creativity was on par. As the rank-and-file members of the house took their seats in the bleachers, the head of house and assistant were at the foot of the seats greeting each member almost like politicians. As each person approached, the leaders extended their hands and greeted them. Cousin! 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 Occasionally a few students laughed and blew them off. Most students stopped to participate in the house ritual, and some of them even flew past the handshake to give a big hug. Up in the bleachers, the other house leaders were walking around handing out red pom-poms and noisemakers from a house pep crate and continuing the greetings. Cousins! They knew, and had been told repeatedly, that Mary and Elizabeth probably weren't literally cousins, probably distant cousins or maybe even an aunt and a niece. They didn't mind. They liked being family. Across the way in the far corner, the throng of royal blue was doled and muted a bit. The young men and women of Nativity House loved to dress up like a nativity scene. Sure, the ratios got a little disproportionate. There probably weren't 47 shepherds at the birth of Christ, but the sight was eclectic and hilarious. The highest-ranking male and female leaders always dressed as Mary and Joseph respectfully, and each year they invited a freshman, who they allowed to decline or accept, to dress as a baby for each pep rally. They provided the freshman a royal blue oversized rattle and a comically large white bonnet with a big blue N on it. 
On this day, a freshman boy was wearing a baby blue fleece-footed onesie and donning the ceremonial house baby garb. Additionally, a new tradition dawned today, as now a sophomore was invited to be the Christmas star, a young lady donning a gold sequin top and jeans with glittery gold shoes, and a yellow gold cap was sitting at the center of the top row. Teresa had heard murmurs that a star costume top was on its way. On top of it all, rather than loud chants, the house leaders just had a whiteboard. They'd write the name of a Christmas song and start singing, and most everyone would join in. They covered everything, from Jingle Bells to Hark the Herald Angels Sing to All I Want for Christmas is You. Sometimes it was group karaoke, and other times it was a spirited solo or small group performance. Finally, in the last corner were the weird and wild folks of Coronation House. Predictable as it may be, the unanimity with which everyone wore crowns was quite a sight to see. Each pep rally reminded the faculty and staff that, yes, Burger King indeed still offered free paper crowns, which were ubiquitous across the Coronation bleachers and quite popular with the younger guys. Many of the girls opted for tiaras and crown headbands. The head of house and assistant had special gold capes with fringes. At the foot of the bleachers, they had a long, clearly fake rubber snake. They set it at the bottom of the aisle, and all the coronation kids stepped on it as they went to climb the bleachers. Their favorite and oft-used house chant, Teresa always laughed. I, the house leaders yelled, all ten of them together leading the call in response. I, the house replied. I believe. I believe. I believe that. I believe that, they echoed. I believe that she, the leaders called, starting to smile and bounce. I believe that she, the students were getting ready to pop. I believe that she is queen. Now it broke into a full chant, in unison, with the leaders and the whole house. I believe that she is queen. I believe that she is queen. I believe that she is queen. The bleachers were bouncing, mostly metaphorically, but even a bit literally. It usually got pretty rowdy, but the house teachers kept it on the safe side of dangerous. It was always pretty entertaining and funny. The sight of these four corners of chaos manifested the pinnacle of what Teresa hoped for, and the clear, vivid images that so lucidly materialized when she let herself dream, and dream so concretely, reflected the passion she felt about how well this idea could potentially go, and how impactful it could be for student life across the school community. At that point, a round of applause in the present-day meeting snapped Teresa back to attention in the moment. The dreamy haze faded as Francis had finished wishing the departing teachers well, and the faculty and staff gave a big ovation to that group. Mike leaned over toward her. Your turn. Well, that's all for this week. Remember, if you want to grab a paperback copy of the book, visit my link tree at linktr.ee slash danmasterton. That's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash danmasterton. Just follow the directions and complete the form, and I'll send your copy. You can also check out my other writing there. Finally, thank you for listening. May God bless you and all our Catholic school communities. And to you and your prayers and toasts, you're here. The guitar instrumentals on this podcast are improvised and performed by Jason Pham. This book and podcast are copyright Dan Masterton 2021, all rights reserved.